Comics Podcast for this week. I'm John Guzon. Ryan Scott is in San Diego covering the Comic-Con, so he's not with us today. Um, but we have Karen Weil back for our roundtable discussion, which is now just going to be a regular old discussion. Um, we'll be talking politics. Okay. Say hello, Karen. Hi. Hi to everybody and all our listeners. Hey, Glad Karen. Hi. We, uh, we were watching TV, both of us watching TV this week, I'm sure, uh, yep. the Republican National Convention. Yeah. Um, were you able, you know, I, I don't want to be too flippant, but uh, were you able to go make it through without using, like, one of those in-flight emergency bags? <laughs> well, if you're referring to Trump's speech, I, I would say... Well, you I know, think, whatever. Trump's speech, uh, anything that well, may, else that made you nauseous. Right. No, I, I understand. I mean, my general summary of the Republican National Convention is, is this, and... There were moments that were, were pretty disorganized and rather embarrassing, frankly. Um, there were a few people who did give some good speeches, uh, Ivanka Trump being one of them. I, I think she did uh, a very good job of humanizing her father. Um, and it was interesting, though, and I don't know what you, you felt this up, if you felt this or anyone else did, some of the things she was uh, advocating interestingly enough are the same things Hillary Clinton does talking about parental leave and things of that nature so it, it you know you think about it if Trump somehow gets elected well that's all well and good but there's no way the GOP Congress is ever going to go along with most of it right so, but but the younger Trump uh, you know I've seen some uh, some comments on social media maybe she should be the one running for president oh, next my. time um, well I'm you know not, I mean that's something I advocate. You understand, but just that she did come off very well. I, I, I mean, I certainly would say the low points were with Giuliani's speech. I mean, I, I think unfortunately, whatever goodwill he had garnered over the years among, say, Democrats or others who wouldn't have necessarily been inclined to support him, I, I'm afraid that he's just that's gone, uh, and that's unfortunate. It really is. Ah, not uh, really. I mean, I really, you think it's unfortunate? I mean, well, I mean, you know, I, think, I mean, I know that you're going to give, I mean, I know Karen, I know you, I've known you for a while, you know, we've worked together. Oh, um, you're kind <laughs> of, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're giving them their due. And I, and, 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 you know, you mentioned that she humanized her husband, I mean, her father or slash wannabe husband. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of crazy, <laughs> weird memes going on out there and definitely with, uh, comments about you wanting to hit on his daughter yes yeah, I mean you know kind of creepy all that's kind of creepy but you just said that you know he she sort of humanized him and then you know the first thing that put that 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 popped into my mind is you know how can you humanize something that's not human but uh, you know I mean I mean we had before we started the podcast we had talked about things like the you know send her to jail thing um, you know I know that that both kind of hit us very low point in the entire book. I, that just, now think about this, but just quickly, and I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, 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 please. Hey, this is, you know, we're it's, podcasting, babe. Right. It's during, <laughs> the 2004, during the 2004 convention, if you recall, when George W. Bush was up for the election, or uh, the, the, if the Democrats had had somebody come out and start making some of the accusations that were made against Mrs. Clinton at the, during this Benghazi night they had, and, you know, accusing him of, of things connected to September 11th, you know the outrage for that would have gone far and wide. And it would have been unacceptable. I mean, yes, one can take the Bush administration to task 
many times over for some horrendous foreign policy blunders, of course. But, you know, the Democrats would never have exploited it like that. They knew, you know, let's just, let's just fault them for having invaded Iraq, et cetera, so forth. And, you know, that strategy didn't ultimately work because he was reelected. Um, but I'm saying, in other words, sort of, of, of appealing to the more darker elements around that, such as 9-11 truthers and things of that nature. So that, to, to me, was just not, that was just really not a good night. And I thought if they're trying to win over true middle-of-the-road independents who would be, or they would not be so inclined to support Mrs. Clinton, they might, you know, I don't think it did anything to win them over. I think most people find that quite distasteful, no matter who it's coming from. Um, yeah, you know, I... Sort of, Go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's it's those um, believe me statements. I think that get me too. And you know, I, I but you know, where 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 Trump assumes that all he has to do is state that there's a problem, and then says, "Believe me, I'll be the one to fix it for you." Absolutely. Um, you I know, it's I alone. yeah. Yeah, you know, where 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 are the details? Um, you know, what's well, where? That's, that's another problem, and even even some prominent conservatives who are not fond of Trump to begin with, to be fair, but even they were saying, look, where was the substance here? Tell us what you're going to do. We want to know. And I think, again, for voters who are undecided or might have been leaning towards Trump, nothing, you know, there was just no, here's what we're going to do to fix these issues. And I think Americans, they want to hear what is the candidate going to do. Yeah, they might enjoy some of the red meat, maybe taking the candidate to task uh, or the opponent. But at the end of the day, I think most people, they just would like to know, what is this candidate going to do? And frankly, from everything I heard, there was none of that, or next to none of that. And th- again, this might very, this isn't going to matter to the party, to most of the party faithful. I, but I think, again, for the rest of America, it does matter, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't want to go back to that that locker up um, episodes, which which well, which which weren't a singular occurrence either. It did happen a yeah. few times, yeah. um, even during Trump's speech. And you know, we talk about political discourse. I think it's been a discussion throughout uh, you know the last few presidential cycles. Um, it's only gotten worse, not better, at this point too. Where you know you're in a situation where you're basically. You know, you're saying it, whether it's really going to happen, and I don't think he would ever do anything to try to lock Hillary up if he won. But it's, you know, what does it say, do you think, about discourse? Because to me, it's it's really kind of taken it to an all-new low. Well, correct. Uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. And, I, I, again, that Chris Christie, I think, unfortunately, too, you know, I don't, Maybe he's hoping for the AG position if Trump gets elected, uh, but certainly if Trump doesn't, I you know I think his future in terms of presidential aspirations isn't isn't good. I think, frankly, and we had spoken about him briefly. I think somebody who comes out of here looking pretty good, like him or not, is Ted Cruz. I, you know, and and Ted Cruz, whatever his flaws, but there's no question he's a very smart man, um, and. <laughs> I, I will say that I, you know, I, 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 there are many theories that oh, this was staged and, and Trump knew what he was going to do. I'm not sure I believe that. I, I think, I think Cruz, you know, maybe Trump was hoping perhaps Cruz would go along, but 
Again, as we know, earlier in the campaign, Trump had said some things about his wife, and there were inferences about his wife's mental health, as well as, of course, this insane accusation of his uh, <laughs> father. And granted, his father had said some really incendiary things in the past about President Obama and Democrats, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so nobody's excusing him. He's no saint here. But, of course, the accusation that he had something to do with the death of President Kennedy. Is, oh, yeah. That's, you that's, know. that's just, that's, that's just I, I, there's not even one word that fully describes that. And, and <laughs> I can't say I blame Ted Cruz for saying, okay, man, I'm done. I'll come up here, but I, I'm not giving you what I want. And, you know, you've heard a lot of pundits saying, well, Ted Cruz is done, the GOP is, is done with him. I, I'm not sure. I, I think Ted Cruz comes out of this looking relatively well. And if you, you know, look at the social media world, and especially on the liberal end, there's a columnist named Charlie Pierce who writes for Esquire, very, very liberal, and he can be pretty nasty sometimes. He wrote some almost glowing tributes to Ted Cruz, and it was fascinating. And well, these are know, people I mean, who would never have anything good to say about Ted Cruz. Okay, uh, you know, I mean, I know it's like they say, you know, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, you absolutely, know? absolutely. And, 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 you know, I can feel that way about Ted Cruz at times, but you still know that... I mean, there's a lot of establishment Republicans that don't like him either. That you know, I mean, right, no, John he Boehner not, still calls him right. Lucifer, and you know, there's right. uh, I, I I don't know where I read it. Me, you know, maybe Washington Post or who knows who wrote it. Everybody, you know, somebody go Google it. But um, you know, he was just like, oh, Lucifer up to his old tricks again, and you know, you never <laughs> know what's up with Ted Cruz. But you know, I, I think that that kind of brings about an even greater discussion. That we can go into if if you're interested in it, but it's the two most hated men by the Republican, you know, used to be the Republican elites, um, which would be like Boehner or the Bush family, um, you know, Cheney, Karl Rove, all those other guys were Ted right. Cruz and Donald Trump, and those are the two guys that really had the biggest showing in the Republican primary. Um, so, you know, did they? Did they just lose touch? Did these old former guys lose touch? Did the did the did policies change, or did their base, their uneducated base, and the same sort of people who, um, you know, nearly uh, you know sixteen, eighteen years ago were putting Viva Bush bumper stickers down in uh, Southern Arizona out in the hinterlands, and you'd just be like, you know, you're you're really you know supporting the wrong people. Have they finally just gotten to it? And you know, I think it's. I it's a very interesting dynamic with the destruction of the Republican Party, really, because it's pulling into two. It always was those money interests with the uneducated, patriotic, um, uh, lo lower class that they kind of led along and kept telling them, oh, we're the answer. And meanwhile, they're paying them nothing and they're taking their rights away. Um, and so has that kind of finally reared up and bit them? So these elites have now lost that, that base part because they're saying, hey, we want, you know, basically... You know the 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 leader of the apprentice, this this uh, uh, TV star to now run us because you a former elitist. I mean, obviously, and they're being led just by a new a new Pied Piper. Uh, you know, Trump is just a different kind. He he paints himself as an everyman, but we all know he's not. Um, you know, is there is you know what do you think? I mean, is is do you see it at all that way? And do you think that there's ever a way this is going to heal itself, or have we really seen that separation of the Tea Party from the Republican Party finally? I, I think it might 
I think you're definitely onto something. At the same time, it feels to me such as it might be a little bit too early. I think, mm-hmm. frankly, what's going to happen in November is really going to determine that. And again, you may very well be right. Uh, there's no question. There's a serious schism. Just as bad as it's ever been in the Democratic Party, within the Republican Party now. And my theory is, is, is I have two. Number one, a lot of these people who are supporting Trump did support more quote-unquote traditional Republicans. And, and I, don't, I don't say that to be mocking, but people like George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan, uh, George Herbert Walker, uh, et cetera, so forth, voted for John McCain, voted for Mitt Romney. I think, obviously... They're extraordinarily disappointed in what they, especially during the last Bush's tenure, um, given how his administration generally, and, and I think it's fair to say this, is looked at as a failure. Um, I think they're pretty disgusted with that, so I think the vote for Trump, in a sense, is, is number one, it's a protest vote. Mm. But I think also, I, I have a theory on this, and to me, personally, John, this goes well beyond either Trump party affiliation or demographics, it, 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 you know, regardless of the race or ethnic or or religious or economic background, I think, and and I, this is not necessarily just to describe the United States, but in America, given our population and just so many other dynamics and 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 uh, the past history, I, I think it it it, it is somewhat unique to us in this way, that there is a segment in this country that they simply long for people who have simplistic answers to very complicated issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that someone like Trump who comes along not only advocating what he does, but then also speaks supposedly, quote-unquote, politically incorrect uh, in that manner to them, plus which also confirms not only some of their prejudices, but, you know, confirms their own worldviews without really telling them the truth about the hard choices that have to be made in this country that, frankly, a lot of people on the right or the left aren't going to like. Correct? Because they involve sacrifice. They involve many things that... that, and, And to be fair, you know, I think many Democrats and Republicans acknowledge that. Again, I'm talking about another sector in our country. Uh-huh. They don't. And Trump, and, and while many of them in the past have voted for Republicans, those Republicans never went as far as Trump has gone. Right. Even past Republicans, people who certainly enjoyed W. Bush, one of the main flaws about him is he did have a very bad habit of simply catering to the base. It right. is one of the things that did the most damage to him in the long run despite whatever accomplishments he may have had. And I will say, I think the former president actually did have a few. But, again, it's like Nixon, it's like Jimmy Carter. Sadly, you know, that's overshadowed mm-hmm. by other things. Um, but that's Trump is talking to these people. And for better or worse, they're part of the electorate. Uh, it, 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 it's difficult just to say that they're evil or bad or wrong. But again, it's just to look at the world in that simplistic viewpoint. If only it were that simple, but we all know it's not. And given that this is the sole superpower, a very diverse and dynamic nation of 300 million people and more that's changing all the time, you know, this is an extraordinarily complicated country to run. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying other countries aren't. You understand the vein in which I say that. Sure. But this, again, this is the audience Trump is catering to, and for better or worse, it has worked for him. Will it work in November? I, I don't know. And I will say I think the GOP really had to have a much better convention for Trump to get because so far in polls, well, I've seen some where he is ahead of Mrs. Clinton, not by much, but he is. And, it, and of course, I my attitude about polls is the only one that matters is on Election Day. Right. After every poll place is closed and every vote is counted. But I don't see it giving him much of any bounce, and that is unusual. Um, I, and again, what will happen next week in Philadelphia, you know, is anybody's guess, but I have a feeling... Mrs. Clinton will probably get a much bigger bounce from it. But so far, you know, you've just not seen it with this one. I I just don't think the GOP really met its objectives here, frankly. Now, one of the things I want to bring up is Trump's lack of political experience. Well, you have none. (laughs) Yeah, none. Right, you know, none. Literally none. And I know he's been a businessman, and there's been that discussion before. Um, you know, Romney ran on the I'm a businessman kind of platform, although he was a governor. I know you want to think about, you know. And his father is George Romney of Michigan. He came from a family steeped in politics and with a far, you know, more legitimate uh, lineage, if you will, than Trump does. Right. But, you know, I, you know, say even take Ronald Reagan, for example. I mean, he. You know, he proved his chops as a as a as a as a governor. Um, governor you know, I guess you know, president of the Screen Actors Guild before that too. So, and look, I mean, again, Reagan's record, you know, it tends to be a mixed bag in that sense. But the man knew how to govern, and certainly he understood how to communicate to people who normally wouldn't have agreed with him. Right? It suggests that he and Bill Clinton. I think Obama, to a lesser degree, share. Trump, you know, so far is not showing that. Not to me. Um, but again, Reagan had been the governor of the most populous state in the union, and uh, well, I mean, do you think this is going to be a part of the political discussion moving forward? Is, is is sort of what I'm getting at too? Is you know that hasn't really been hit yet, highlighted, talked about. Um, do you think that that's something where he's weak that people would even care? Do you think? Most of his supporters I, I, at this point don't care. And, and is I, it those undecided voters? Would that make a difference with them? I, I think, unfortunately, Trump is, and again, I may be proven wrong on November 8th. I just don't think Trump's going to be able to make that case to those kind of voters. Uh, to his supporters, and maybe a you know, fairly good percentage of Republicans who, and I, I, you know, I really hate generalizing, as I'm sure you do either people in the political party or anything. Right. But you've seen overwhelming trends of how certain groups vote, and there's no question for a lot of Republicans. I, I think this is fair to say. They really don't like Hillary Clinton. They're not willing to give her a hearing. They're not willing to consider her. You know, for better or worse, it's what it is. Um, I think some of them are simply going to be voting for Trump merely out of that, not because they like him or particularly think he's, or think he's going to do a good job. Um... I, and I, I just, again, I think Trump, I don't know if you heard, uh, his last name is Schwartz, the guy who wrote his book, The Art of a Deal, Art of the Deal. Yeah, I did he, read, I hear, I, I read that story. He really has nothing to say about Trump. It's almost, it is, it's kind of shocking what this man is saying. Basically, the Trump has the attention span of a five-year-old. 
and then yeah, you, you know, know I mean, I've yeah, uh, almost yeah. got I've almost got some ghostwriting jobs, and I think I felt the same way about the people who uh, um, who I almost did some of this work for. You know, I know it's just a job, and and he said he, you know, he took the job because he needed the money, and it was a good career move for him at the time. And now that he realizes the guy's actually running for president, not just building a hotel, he cares. And and well, sure, and and he has the right to speak out. Now, if he's telling the truth or not, you know, I don't that you know that would have to be determined, but. Frankly, he's not the only one who said these things about Trump. I mean, Trump is not known particularly for paying attention to details outside of his business endeavors. Um, his speech, and another thing I want to go back to his speech, it was riddled with so many inaccuracies and gross overstatements. Some things he was right on, but most of it was wildly fun. And uh, if you've seen PolitiFact or FactCheck or even some websites that might be friendlier, friendlier towards them, have you know, called him out for, you know, just stretching the truth a little bit too much. And that may work in a convention. Um, it's once you get to the debates and once he's got to be out there on the campaign stump, uh, that's just, it's, he's just not quite going to have the luxury of being able to do that and get away with it as easily. Oh. He might get away with some, but, but certainly not to the extent he had in the primary. Now, you're assuming that um, he will agree to it. Any debates? Well, that's another topic you bring up. That's the that's the interesting thing. If he may not, he may decide he can run such an unconventional campaign that he doesn't have to face Hillary Clinton in that arena. Um, and again, his supporters aren't going to care. They're not. But I think the general public will, and they're going to say, "Hey, wait a minute. You need to explain yourself." And, and they would say the same thing with Hillary Clinton if she said, "Oh, I'm not going to debate." That would also be greeted, I think, with a lot of uh, just uh, it would not be a pleasant reaction for understandable reasons. Again, I think most Americans want people to, or they want their candidates to explain themselves. You know, they're willing to give a fair hearing, but the person has got to be able to say what he or she is going to do. Um, and yeah. Clinton, I, I will say, I think Hillary, Hillary Clinton, despite all her flaws otherwise, she's proven to be this time a much better candidate than she was in 2008, if you recall, running against, of course, now she was running against, of course, like Barack Obama, and it's, it's that once-in-a-generation politician who comes along, and it's, you know, frankly, the, the deck was not really stacked in her favor all that much to begin with. But right. Yeah, I mean, I always thought that really... not seen it this time. She's definitely got a much better campaign strategy right. going forward. You know, once 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 it seemed like Trump was going to get the nomination, that did seem to be the turning point to me. I, I was kind of predicting that once once they got to debates and you saw, I mean, and even having to have Pence go out there, I think I thought that once he had to actually function as a real candidate because the system was telling him he no longer could do what he wanted. He's allowed right. to be a free agent with like within the Republican primary, and and people might say, "Well, I won these votes. I did. I won this." Um, but it's a totally different situation to be debating as, as who you are. I'm just Donald Trump, and then having to be the ticket where he's going one-on-one with somebody, which is going to be you know Hillary Clinton, who's no slouch. I mean, her IQ and her, her wit and her ability, now she can sometimes seem a little tough, but it's also different than with Pence to have to share that. We all know what happened when, when Christie was nominating him in the beginning, and he was just you know sending him back. Um, to his plane like a little schoolboy, and Christy just had to say, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, I mean, that's going to end up happening at some point. It's going to look like like it's really probably going to be. It's just, 
you know, he has to have this vice president. If, you know, to me, Trump right at this point just might be like, you're out of here. Uh, we don't need a vice president. I'm just going to win on my own. Me and then the other part of my ego will be the vice president. I mean, his ego's so big, I don't think he needs another human being in the executive <laughs> branch. Well, I think also the New York Times, the Sunday magazine, and I haven't read it yet. I, I plan to, has a, a pretty big story about uh, supposedly Trump's son, son coming to case it and offering him the deep slot, basically yeah. telling him, you'll run the show. And, and when Kasich reportedly asked him, well, excuse me, but your father's going to, you know, he's wanting to be leader of the free world. What is he going to be doing? And I forget which son it is, so my bad on that. But he said, making America great again. I, I you know, one can certainly not blame Kasich for not wanting anything to do with this. Uh, well, I, substitute America for tr- and with that's Trump's bank account. Here. Maybe that's maybe that's what he was meaning. It was like <laughs> code day. Well, and there, you know, you, you hear all kinds of wild theories about this whole campaign, that this is really not serious, that Trump is just playing the biggest national joke of all time. I, you know, I will say I believe he genuinely wants to be president, but the, the main problem in terms of perception for him is that most people don't think he has truly what it takes to do that. He can tell a, he can make a speech, albeit, you know, a rambling one, and he can win over certain people with those skills, but... At the end of the day, that's just simply not enough. And I, I, you know, I know some people only bring up George W. Bush. And again, say what we will about George W. Bush. The man had been governor of Texas. Of course, he came from a political dynasty. His, his father, you know, was a one-term president. But had, you know, it's a president who I think history is actually going to look fairly well on, all things considered. And, uh, you know, Bush proved himself to be a lot smarter, frankly. In, in terms of being able to appeal to the public and in terms of his debate skills mm-hmm. and his painting skills, again, like him or don't like him. And, Al, you know, again, we're rehashing 2000. We all know what happened. But, uh, you know, these things have to be remembered because of the perspective. I, and I frankly don't, Trump does not have those same skill sets that George W. Bush has. Uh, to, to sum it up, he just doesn't. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of adding insult to injury, I guess. Uh, I just I just don't um, see how Trump can make the transition. I mean, even Obama, he he figured he knew kind of what it was going to be like. And what happens when you actually become the president? All the you know the the nuclear codes, all the secrecy. You couldn't have his BlackBerry. You know, you become sequestered. You become separate from human beings. You can't you can't you know go find the next ex-Mrs. Trump um, as easy because you have Secret Service, you know. <laughs> you know, and I'm using that as a, as, a, as, a, as a very wide interpretation, but it is, you know, the presidency, in, in, in a sense, is a prison. And if you're, not, if you're not there for the right reasons, then it can probably feel even more so. And I, I mean, I don't even right. know, you know, what he would be able to do with that. You know, it's almost like it seems like it's being set up for epic tragedy if he can win. You know that, you know, like we might actually be electing Mike Pence. Um, uh, well, and that's that's a strong, certainly a strong possibility. It's funny you've probably seen the nineteen seventy two film The Candidate. Now you know I was it's just thinking that, and I was going to ask you if you, <laughs> when and he goes, course, he goes, "What am I supposed to do now?" And and Peter Boyle goes, "You're a senator." Exactly. I saw that film in my high school class in Las Vegas, and uh-huh. that made an incredible impression on me. 
and I'll never forget that in line. I and again, I really take you know kind of the cheap allegories or comparisons of what's going on with the political situation today to say a movie or or whatever or even a previous campaign. Because I found every time, and you know, you may agree with me, it's just never quite the same. It just never is, no matter what anyone says. And but that there is there is an eerie there is an eerie similarity there, for sure. And and that's just that's what makes Trump's campaign fascinating in terms of media coverage and the overall narrative and also frankly very disturbing to a lot of people who are not supporters of this man. And, you know, and uh, again, I, I think for Hillary Clinton, I, I, again, for all the strength she has, and certainly she does, but you know, her can't, she's going to have to run, frankly, a, a, a very just almost flawless campaign. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't know if you saw that Michael Moore even came, you know, coming out saying, I think Trump's going to be president. Now, I think that was, you know, him as much I, as anything manipulating people to say, Hey, don't get complacent. Get your ass out there and vote against the dude. But, he, and he did this back in 08 when John McCain was the nominee. He had a piece in Rolling Stone. Right. Oh, here's how you're going to elect John McCain as president. And yes, he made some very valid points about what the Democrats do. Because as we say, the Democrats have a great habit of pulling a defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> That's funny. And again, the cliche is one party knows how to win elections, but not how to govern. Another party knows how to govern, but not win elections. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, I, I really don't like stereotypes, but sometimes, I hate to say it, there, there is a lot of truth about the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Um, and it didn't always used to be that way. But, as we know, things change. I, I, again, I, I think more... I'm just not sure he's the best... <laughs> Avatar, so to speak, of, of, of determining elections. And he may very well be just trying to get scared the hell out of progressives saying, look, no more bitching and whining. You've got to get out and vote. And you've got right. to vote for the lady who's married to Bill. Otherwise, we're all screwed. Now, this is, again, what he might be saying. It's not what I believe. So, Hey, okay, you know, we're, we, you know we've been doing this uh, for about a half hour now, and we want to get on, but I have just like a couple more questions I want to ask on it. Yes. And, please, you know, a couple more please, things sir. that came up to me was, if the Republican field wasn't so crowded early on, does Trump win? Like, say it's say it's Cruz, Kasich, and and Bush, uh, or Rubio. Swap Rubio out with Bush. It doesn't really matter. If you have just four or five people, um, is there such a a loss early on? Because it seemed to me almost that you had those. Uh, you know, old kind of old guard Republicans like you know those Bush supporters, Rubio supporters who just kind of vacated the race, just said, "Well, the loonies are out. I'm staying home." What do you think? If, if there was a smaller field to begin with, it actually would have been better, almost like the Democrats did. I mean, I don't. I I suspect probably most Republicans, even ones who don't like Trump and will not vote for him, they're either going to a vote for Gary John. Well. Gary Johnson, uh-huh. the Libertarian candidate, the former Repub- Republican governor, uh, Republican governor of New Mexico, and pot smoker uh, because to, I'm sorry, I said and pot smoker because that's that's the reason why he usually gets votes and the reason why he probably will never be president, not right now. Right, and and Johnson is you know he's been admired by both people on the left and the right for some of his right uh, 
I'm sure, right. And he does go beyond the pot smoking. I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole the guy. Right, absolutely. There's much more to his platform than that, obviously. Um, so either they're going to vote for Johnson to a lesser extent. I think more Republicans than some are willing to admit will probably pull the lever for Mrs. Clinton. And then some may go, we're going to say, forget the presidential election. I'm not, but I'll vote, all, all the, I'll vote Republican in all the down ticket races. Because you've heard sort of that narrative now happening within some anti-Trump forces. Okay, don't vote for president, but keep on Johnson of Wisconsin, the mm -hmm. senator who's like really in a lot of trouble right now. Right. Or John McCain, who's, you know, sure. really looking kind of iffy for him at this point. Um, or I, I think a, sm a much smaller percentage will stay home. Say whatever a person wants to about the Republican Party. They know how to get people to the polls. Democrats, unfortunately, you know, they just don't. There's, there's simply too much. There's just or, you know, I mean, you know, that dynamic might be changing. I know that it has been a little bit different. And as we knew how the Republican Party used to skew older, it could just, you know, before there was a time where they could just go to senior retirement homes and just bust them all. And they knew that most of them were voting Republican. Um, right. I, and, I and you know, the more that, I mean, I hate to say it, but the more they pass on, the less the less able they are to make it so easy on well, them. Well, that's the whole crux of this entire election, that big question mark is, are enough millennials and are enough people of color going to come out and, and yes, vote for the Democrats because Trump's message is just, it's just too much for them. They can't, they can't support it. Right. I, that, I, I certainly think that Mrs. Clinton will probably do better, much better, with those groups than Trump ever will. I, I, his, his, the, the viewpoint that he's getting more uh, Hispanic votes and whatnot, I, I guess that's, that's, just, that's just not showing up in the data. That's just rhetoric. Um, precisely. And I, I think there was a poll not long ago showing Mrs. Clinton doing better, frankly, with white college-educated college -educated voters than some believe. So... Karen? Karen? Will it be enough of the number to put her over the top? Again. Hey, Karen, we lost you for just a second, no. so I just want to make that clear and apologize to anyone who might be listening there. Karen was eloquently finishing her statement. I don't know what happened on, 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 oh, on the, no worries. No worries. Um, on the I, technical again, end. I, again, I, again we, uh, we just don't know until election day and that's why i'm always amused at and if i'm doing that excuse me i just I, i'm always very wary to make any grand predictions because i think we've seen many times uh and even that includes Nate silver okay who's definitely one of the smartest guys ever when it comes to predicting elections but still we've seen in this election cycle he hasn't been batting a thousand um there's just there are a lot of shifting dynamics here, and and I'm not sure that it's one party may very well benefit from it this time around, but it doesn't mean they can count on it the next time. And, and you know, for example, the, the, the Republicans not too long ago certainly got a much bigger share of the Hispanic vote and of newer uh, arrivals to this country because really, in a sense, their message is is somewhat. 
it's certainly a tip to people about striving and, and opening businesses and, and things like that. And, of course, in the last election, Mitt Romney did not fare well with these groups at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and, but, you know, perhaps there'll be a Republican. If, say, Trump loses in 2020, it could be it's someone we've never heard of who comes along and really has this message that is appealing to women, to minorities, uh, and to, to immigrants. If they could turn it all around for that person. Again, it's all in the delivery and what they're saying. And if I, I think it's fair to say Trump has not done that <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's uh, let's go to uh, looking at the Democratic Convention because you know, yeah, you know, that's I, that that's the next step. I mean, I I kind of looked up um, as 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 you were finishing your thoughts there and kind of looking at. Um, right. Uh, what the polls kind of looked at or were revealing at this point. Um, you know, most, there hasn't been any a post-convention poll that's come out as far as I know yet. Um, you know, there I might be some smaller no. ones, but nothing real substantial. Um, you know, you're still but, talking, you know, Clinton was leading slightly. Um, it would be interesting to see if those things go down. Um, but the last thing, I, the last point I wanted to make on Trump was that there's only been, one, two, three, four... There's only been five presidents who um, didn't hold elective office, and those five um, were either a major generals in or or above in the U.S. Army, um, or they were in uh, high uh, positions in the executive branch. So we have Zachary Taylor, who was a general, uh, yeah. U.S. Grant, and of course we know he did. Uh, William Howard Taft, he was Secretary of War under Roosevelt, the Solicitor General. And the Governor General of the Philippines, uh, Herbert mm-hmm. Hoover, Secretary of Commerce, and uh, some guy named Ike. I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers who he is. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know how to play politics instead of playing business, and that's, you know, that's the last bit I wanted to say about Trump. Is um, yeah. those, those, you know, those are the only five, and you know, I mean, I think that 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 might be a bigger point moving forward especially we might actually hear that this next week um about you know how do you know how do you know about getting anything done uh, i've heard a lot of, about the you know the democratic convention here i've heard the buzz already starting with things like build bridges not walls i've heard it um start to be percolated amongst the lower level uh Democratic affiliates. Um, I heard uh, Mayor Greg Stanton of Phoenix speaking about that all the time the other day, and just a um, right. a thing where the you know Suns are going to play some uh, regular season games in Mexico City. So, you know, that's what he kept saying. I've heard it in other places, and Stanton's one of those. You know, the mayor of Phoenix is not a political position, but it is. You know, it's one of those things where you don't really declare what party you're from, but everybody knows. It's like that right. unknown secret. Um, are they going to kind of get to that, you know, it's like the, I heard, I, I read a piece that Paul Begala did, and as you know, he's the guy, one of the guys that helped uh, Bill Clinton get elected. Um, right. You know, they talk about, they talked about the man from hope, and talk about hope, talk about beauty, uh, talked about, you know, I think he, he coined the phrase that Trump's speech was midnight in America instead of morning in America, uh, like the, uh, you know, speech from the 60s. So uh, that that little bit of a difference, I think they're going to go, going to try to play that way at, at the DNC uh, what do you what, what are you seeing coming out of that is that is, you think they're going to try to do that you know flip the switch I, be about hope yeah, 
question I, I think Clinton and all those who speak on her behalf are going to have to have a very a forceful yet positive sounding response to the Trump campaign. Um, and I, I think in general, I think the Clinton campaign would be very smart to indeed keep it a very positive message. Here's what I'm going to do if I'm elected president. Um, I make sure she she builds on a community theme of, of we, people working together to, to sharply turn past Donald Trump's eye alone will solve these problems, mm -hmm. which... Um, I'm going to wave my right? magic Harry Potter wand and everything's going to be beautiful <laughs> on January 20th. Right, and I, I think, Mrs. Clinton, it might be served well if, because to most people, most the women's been in the public eye now for nearly 30 years, uh, and then before that she was, a, you know, governor's wife in Arkansas, and, um, but she might be smart to talk a little bit about her life before Bill mm. and her, you know, what, how her odyssey, political odyssey came about, and growing up in Illinois, uh, and her, you know, some of the roadblocks she experienced as a woman uh, trying to come up in a world at that time that was incredibly male-dominated. Sure. Um, so I think just personalizing her story without going overboard, perhaps her daughter Chelsea could do that, or a close friend, maybe nobody's heard of, but yeah, knows her very well. Do you think, think Bill he, can help her in that regard, or is he... Do people just dismiss his opinion because he's a former president and her husband? I I don't I, I think I'm, you know Bill Clinton. There's one of the one of the reasons he is so revered in a sense is because of not only his resilience and his ability again, which is on the level of Ronald Reagan to win over people who would normally not be supportive of him. I mean, some people say really it's his speech at the 2012 convention that got, and I don't think that's fair, but it's. His speech certainly helped Obama's re-election chances because it was just an incredible speech. Right. Um, I, I frankly wonder if maybe they'd be better off just minimizing him a bit. I, this campaign time around, I, I just the kind of sheen around him has not been there. I don't think he's been a particularly destructive force either. It's just not that kind of magic that he has shown so many other times. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly nothing wrong with him going out campaigning with her on the trail. I, I just I, I think, you know, probably his role at the convention might be muted a little bit. They're still going to bring him out because Democrats love him and a you know, he had, he's still a very popular president. That's 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 something people forget sometimes, but he is. And uh, he still has a certain amount of sway, but again, I don't know if he should be playing the same role in a campaign that he did even in 2008. Right. I'm not even sure he helped her all that much then. I, I, I will say probably this time he hasn't been as big of a problem as he was in 2008. So, but again, he won't, I don't know if he'll, I don't think he'd hurt her, but they have to be careful how much they use him at this point. Uh, I just think, and certainly they need to have people, obviously Bernie Sanders is going to speak. Um, I, I think what he says is, is going to go a long way in really sewing up that ultra-progressive vote for her, and she does need a good chunk of those supporters. I think Elizabeth Warren, who is, you know, 
had this incredible rise as a national figure. And then, candidly, if Clinton does not win, but for her, I'm sure, in 2020, to be on the ballot, um, I think if she gives herself a killer speech, that's going to help. Again, we don't know who Clinton is going to pick as the VP. I, I don't know if by now she's gone public. I saw earlier the New York Times said that it was really looking like Tim Kaine. She's been a popular governor of Virginia and had quite a bit of success there. Um, depending on how he's received and if he gives a strong enough speech. And, of course, at the end of the day, we know it's going to come down to her. And I'm, Mrs. Clinton's never been known as the greatest speechmaker, although you recall her 2008 speech for Barack Obama. And that was incredibly well received. I think, if anything, that was probably the biggest game changer for her. Hmm. Uh, when, you know, she looked, she lost. Obama had won. And, and that was a very tough campaign. And she gave a speech that, that was, like I said, got raised even from people who normally wouldn't be uh, supportive of her. Right. Um, I think if she gives a speech along those lines, she comes out of this looking a lot stronger. But again, it's got to be a positive message. And again, it's got to have some substance. It cannot be what we saw in the Republican Convention. It's got to be. Here's what we're going to do. Here, you know, look it up online. Here it is. Yeah. So that, that's my sense of what's got to happen for her to really come out of this with a much stronger advantage come November. So uh, does, just to kind of answer, I guess, what happened um, in, 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 the, in this week's convention or last week's convention, the Republican convention, is Hillary qualified or has she disqualified herself for, because the only two real scandals that they can really apply to her for sure right now is Benghazi and the email server. Uh, do they warrant it? Is she qualified? Well, I, I don't, I, I think the idea of her not being qualified and is, that's ridiculous. Obviously she is. Um, and there's no question, I think, one of the reasons Trump got a bounce recently was because of the Comey's find, Comey findings on the, the email mess. That, that certainly didn't help. She had a bad week of that. I think it's not going to make any difference to her supporters. Uh, and I, I'm not sure. I mean, look, there were, what, seven hearings on the Benghazi tragedy? And there was just... the. Republicans had to ultimately say, look, you know, there's nothing anybody could have done. It was a terrible thing. Maybe there should have been better security. Maybe certain things should have been done. But was there any evil, deliberate attempt on either her behalf or the president for this to happen? No. It was a tragedy. And, of course, there was, you know, how many embassy attacks during George W. Bush's tenure and 60 people killed and certainly nobody in his or her right mind would personally have blamed Bush or Condoleezza Rice for Colin Bell for those. Um, so I think in the minds of a lot of Americans, the Benghazi hearings look just blatantly political and not fair. You know, now that, I think, will, that's really going to stick, and that, that may end up hurting her. That may very well end up hurting her, although, again, in her, her supporters would say she didn't do anything different than Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice to bring up their names again. Right. And yet they, and, and David Petraeus, who Frank did things people would consider far more serious, and then he got a slap on the wrist as well. So there's, 
say, you know, is it fair for you all to come after her on this when we have three or four examples of people who did things, and in the case of Betrayal, that were deliberate and were damaging? So I, I just depends, again, her campaign's going to have to have an extraordinarily smart way of responding to it. Um, I, I think while she handled this mess better than she would have handled, say, paid maybe past scandals, they're still going to have to have a much stronger defense because the Trump people certainly are not going to let that go and neither are any of their surrogates. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for them. It just seems like, you know, from from, from us who who really read the news, um, when you know about, you know, what really happened in Benghazi, when you're following it, not just listening to people say, "Oh my God," you know, it's like Benghazi. It's like, you know, it's like become this. You know, most people don't haven't read a, probably a full news story on it. Don't really. I mean, and, and that's not much. It's not like we're, we're congressional investigators. We're people who read news reports and we actually read them. We don't, we don't right. you, know, you know, go along with just saying, oh, my God, this is horrible. And look at Hillary. I mean, you know, the fact was is that uh, Ambassador Stevens decided to go to Benghazi, knew that it was dangerous, went to a house. It wasn't an embassy. It wasn't protected. He went there to try to make some deals and do and knew that it was dangerous. There was a couple guys there with him. And, you know, it was the wrong time to be there. No one, everyone suggested that he not go. And he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the risk. If it's, you know, if it costs me my life, then it does. I'm doing what I think is right. And, you know, I don't think that you should sacrifice anybody. But, you know, you talk about a lot of the other things that go on in some of these, you know, you know political um, you know, situations or how many people, you know, we kill from, from drone attacks that we don't mean. Um, you know, sometimes when, when he was doing that, it's like almost, I know that most of the people that blame Hillary don't realize that, you know, um, Ambassador Stevens was, uh, you know, a Clinton friend, you know. Um, they were friends, yeah. You know, it wasn't just some State Department employee. It wasn't just some guy. I mean, it was somebody that, that she really, she knew the wife ahead of time, you know. And, yeah, there were some security people that don't like the way things went down, but those were the decisions that you make. Um, and, and, you know, I just don't think that that's known. It still was said at the Republican convention a lot that it was an, it was an embassy when it really wasn't, it couldn't really even be called a consulate. It was just a, basically a house that they were going to set up. And a temporary one is that, you know, and so it's some of those things. And, and that's why, you know, what, 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 what you had alluded to about really getting down to those brass tacks, I think it's even comes to, you know, at some point, do you even debunk all these things? I mean, you have primetime coverage. If you're going to start to do those things and really say, hey, you're making cases that, that, that don't hold water. I mean, I haven't actually looked at the timeline either, but we can remember when, 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 uh, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, she also went through a time where she was having some medical issues. And she wasn't really even going to the State Department. So instead of having an absentee you know, Secretary of State who just said, whatever, you know, there an email server was put into her house. Now, again, I'm not saying that I know for sure that those things coincided with each other, but yeah, you have a situation. You know, it's it's not the same sort of deal. You know, I I don't. You know, what Petraeus did, giving his laptop over, giving classified documents to a biographer, um, and then just saying, "Hey, don't share them with anybody," is totally different than trying to do well, something that yeah. you're going to keep to yourself yeah, that might not have gone the way you wanted it to. Well, right, and, 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 and she vigorously defended Mrs. Clinton and just 
said, you know, they were friends. There was absolutely no malicious intent here, and I really don't appreciate the people who have exploited this for political gain. It's shameful. Right. And, you know, obviously the woman that the man killed, um, was one of the Navy SEALs, you know, and, and I, and again, I, I, I can't even imagine what this woman has gone through. I, it, it's terrible. But there are people who, other colonists who called her out saying, you know, you have a right to be angry, but a lot of what you said just, you know, we're sorry, but it wasn't true. And, again, it, just, it gets very tough when you have someone like that who's lost a, 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 a child in these kinds of tragedies, be it the Iraq War or an embassy attack or anything. It, but again, I'm, that wasn't a particularly good night for the GOP. I don't really think it changed anybody's mind on that issue. Uh, and, and, and if we see with public polls on Benghazi, most Americans, and, and it's not that they don't care, they acknowledge it was a tragedy, more maybe could have been done, but we don't think anybody did anything maliciously. So again, I think for her the bigger problem from here on out, depending on how she handles it, is the email issue. And again, we'll, we'll see in the long run how that really plays out. Trump may overplay his hand on that, and it may backfire. It's just as we know when these kinds of scandals happen, depending on the players in it, it, it can take any number of turns. And yeah, well, you know, I think the funny it. thing is, you know, everybody says, well, what if somebody got their hands on this classified information? Well, as far as... Nope. I've been I mean, able to, to okay. determine the only reason why they're made public at this point is because the Republicans investigated them and then had to release the emails. <laughs> right. And and again, it's, it's interesting because James Comey himself, and he's, you know, I mean, mind yourself, he's, not, he's a Republican. And while he, he chastised Mrs. Clinton, he said, look, should have been paying better attention. Fair enough. But he also said no criminal wrongdoing was done here. You know, I told you several times. No criminal wrongdoing. You know, get over it. And so that that was just an interesting uh, development as well. You know, it's um, kind of like you know, you know. I, I guess you have to find something. And when you have the sure. kind of career that we're talking about with Hillary Clinton, I mean, she was first lady. Tried to get you know socialized medicine in in the nineties. Right. Fails. You right. know, a, a senator, a lawyer, a secretary of state. I mean. And then you're you're Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're just a developer who's never had held office before. You know, it it's right. got to be daunting. I mean, you know, not saying that because I, I don't necessarily support Hillary, and I'm not going to say you know. Obviously, we're we're journalists. I mean, I can I can criticize a Trump all I want, but that's kind of like you know, uh, when a clown walks into the office, it's really easy to laugh um, sometimes, and. Um, but you know, you know, Clinton's had, you know, disagree with the policies or not, they're not the same kind of shortcomings. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, Trump's willingness to knock people down and to bully them and not to build things and right. to not give any concrete um, recommendations. They have no real idea how to push con uh, um, uh, legislation through Congress and how it's not like a business deal. It's not like you're trying to develop a building because. You have different rights. There's different things that go on when you own a piece of property and you want to build something. It's it's not easily translatable to being the executive of the United States. Well, absolutely not. And you know, I, you know, but at the same time, Clinton's weakness to me as a as a human being, the first thing that when I heard she was running in 2008, just like the same thing that happened in 2000 when when uh, Little Bush Jr. ran. Um, 
I, as an American, I personally don't like the the uh, lineal descendants going into uh, politics and being president. I mean, we we've had a father and son Bush. Are we going to have the first president and wife? Uh, you know, uh, U.S. presidents and. You know, it's another thing that really doesn't get discussed much. And so, you know, that's why I, I wanted to see what another educated, rational journalist has to feel about it. I think, look, and it, look, Jeb Bush was, to harken back to the, what seemed so long ago, the Republican primary, Jeb Bush was hampered by many things. You know, I think obviously the fact he was just not a charismatic candidate. Right. And, and his, brother, his brother's tenure also did a lot of damage. But I, I think especially with that family, there was far more resistance to the idea of a third one going in. Right. I, I think with the Clintons, because I agree with you about political dynasty, certainly, but I think because her husband's tenure is considered, even by people who don't like him, to be a pretty big success, mm-hmm. and because she has had her own successes, I think the general public response with her this time is we're okay with it. Uh, now, I, I'm saying people who support her. And again, she had a very tough opponent in Bernie Sanders. No question about it. And it wasn't enough. And, and so, for him, in this case, I I think that another thing that works, and again, the dynasty thing aside, and that's, I'm not dismissing that, but I think Hillary Clinton has some interesting qualities that sometimes don't always get picked on up on easily. She has been knocked down a lot in the public arena over the uh-huh. years, as we know, and humiliated on a level with her husband's bad behavior and uh, sex scandal and impeachment hearings. You know, humiliated on a level very few political figures have ever had to deal with. And yet, every time she's gotten up, right. I. I think for a lot of women, especially women of a certain age, maybe more than a few men, too, that's a very admirable quality. It is a very American thing. You get knocked down, you get back up. Mm-hmm. And she really has done it the best of anyone, even her husband, who, as we recall, when he left office in 2001, you know, there were, he's still kind of dealing with the taint of the sex scandal, plus he had some presidential pardons. I could never have imagined Bill Clinton's approval rating showing up the way it did, and him being as received as he is, well received today. Um, and again, she does not have her husband's gifts. Very few people do. But again, I think Hillary Clinton really does have that, even with all her connections and even with her wealth. But she has the, there's a sense people have about her that she really is a fighter. And that, you know, that could pay off dividends come election day. It really could. But again, it's how she's going to display that. That's what's going to be the interesting thing to watch. Oh, yeah, it's I honestly, Yeah, I just don't think the dynastic, even though there are some people who, you know, you saw it over social media, and I've talked to friends saying, no, I liked Bill, but oh, no, another Clinton. It's like, oh, no, another Bush. And, but again, I'm just not sure this time that's a, as big a factor. And don't you think one-on-one, I know we kind of alluded to this, or we actually talked you know, directly about it earlier, about these debates, that the Trump's base, Trump supporters are going to ignore the Democratic National Convention. Most of Hillary and Bernie Sanders' supporters didn't watch and weren't going to be swayed by the Republican National Convention, no matter what you told them. But when you get into the debate session, 
and it's a national stage, how they're different than the Republican primaries, where you have two people on the stage. Most of the country is actually watching this instead of still watching something else. Um, you're going to really have Hillary have the ability to say, don't just you know say, you're, believe me, you're going to make the place safer. How are you going to do it? You know? And she's got, if she gives the right speech, it it will it, it's going to help a lot. Um, you know, again, I mean, I, I'm sure the pressure is about to be tremendous for her now. You know, Trump had his 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 day. He, you know, we, we talked about. I'm not, you know, again, how it seems like a very mixed bag, but to his supporters, they're thrilled. Clinton's, I don't think she has to worry that much about her supporters. For her, she's got to reach out to those that are still undecided. Um, and there's the rub. I mean, that's, that's you know, it, it, it hasn't always worked for, obviously, every presidential hopeful, and certainly it didn't work for Al Gore. Mm-hmm. So uh, coming off a you know, very successful two-term president. Uh, well, and again, there are many other factors, as we know, that went into that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch, absolutely, to see what she does and and how her message is presented you know one of the things i think is uh, i saw that i thought was interesting too is if clinton manages to win the white house it'd be the first time since uh george hw bush that we've had um a, a single party controlling the white house um for those years. yeah okay. for for at yeah. least 12 years since uh yeah. since truman roosevelt Right. Um, yeah. No, it'll, it'll, yeah, I mean, and I, it'll be, it, as, we, as we know, usually voters get tired, even of presidents they like. The only, you know, exception being, I suppose, with Reagan into Bush, and again, there were other reasons why Bush won that. Um, so, and it's, it's always an uphill battle for the, the candidate representing the incumbent party. Um Again, because of the extraordinary circumstances of this particular election season, it might not be that hard for Mrs. Clinton. Mm. And again, she sort of got, like George Bush Sr., could kind of could benefit greatly from Ronald Reagan's success as well in office. Mrs. Clinton has that nostalgia factor with her husband in the 90s, which most people consider to be a really good time for this country, more or less. Uh, there were bumps along the way, certainly, but... Uh, that, it was all that right with me. That, little... that was my 20s, babe. Pardon? I said, those were my 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mine, uh, sort of. Um, Part of them. Hey, sort of, don't sort of. reveal um, your age on oh, the internet. Doing it. They were my, like, pre-20s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's, again, they're just, I, I'm, I'm always, just like I said, elections to me, Whatever people think is going to happen, most of the time, it just doesn't. And uh, there are so many different things happening here with this particular uh, election that it, it, it's just going to be a very interesting ride, maybe a very disturbing one to, to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see again. The Democrats, you know, the ball's in their court now. So, you know, they better bring it. <laughs> You know, and like we said, we'll see. We'll see this week, and you know, hopefully, we can. We will uh, be able to get you together. Maybe add another, uh, right. another one of our staffers, or 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 have a special guest next week. And let's do this again after the Democratic uh, election. I mean, uh, I, you know, convention. It'll, 
we can we can discuss and analyze and see uh, how it all works for uh, uh, Mrs. Clinton and company. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, Karen. Thanks for joining Thank me you. this afternoon. Thank you so much, and everybody have a great uh, a great week. And we'll see you next week. And don't forget, if you have an election in your area, make